always said this, God is not your mate. So there must be reverence, there must be honor when you worship him. You're not doing him a favor. It's our saved responsibility and duty to honor him, to worship and to thank him. Lift your hands and bless the name of the Lord. He's worthy. You alone deserve all the praise and the glory. Thank you. Thank you for the entire month of August. Thank you. Thank you for everything. Open your mouth and thank him. We'll return the glory. We'll give you the credit and the honor. We'll bless your holy name. You deserve all the praise and the glory. You alone are worthy. You alone are worthy. In Jesus' name. Can you say a living amen? Can you say a worshiper's amen? Precious Father, we thank you this morning. Thank you for another opportunity to be in your presence in the company and community of the saints. We ask this morning that by your spirit you will illuminate our understanding. You will give us clarity through your word. You will illuminate our hearts so we may grow in our knowing and experience of you. We declare this morning that yokes are destroyed. Bodies are lifted up. Jesus is revealed and glorified. And everybody say good amen. Look at somebody close to you and say it's good to see you in church this morning. God has a word for you. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. Before you sit down, let's make our confession on this message. Hallelujah. Are you here? Somebody say, I'm grateful to God. Because he's a great God. And he has loved me greatly. Do you believe that? All right, say after me. Say, in Jesus' name, I release myself and everything that concerns me. From every self, people, and situational, impose limitations and excuses. In Jesus' name, I embrace my destiny of increase in Christ Jesus. In Jesus' name, I reject being broke. I will never be broke again in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, I declare that all my needs are supplied. And I'm daily abounding in grace on every side. Increase is speaking in my life. And the refuge house in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, we're a thousand times more. Thanks be unto my Father God, who is always causing me to triumph in Christ Jesus and is making manifest through me the fragrance of the knowledge of Christ in every place. 
Glory, hallelujah. Shout it one more time. Say glory, hallelujah. All right, please have your seat. Glory to God. We'll be looking at the series, Manifesting the Greatness of God. Say that with me. Say, Manifesting the Greatness of God. Hallelujah. Please um, remember, our convention is in November. And uh, three days, Friday to, to Sunday. Make sure you start praying. I think we should have something. When? Where's the... When are we? Okay, so we need to have an idea of what the budget is. So we're now to position ourselves and our faith. Praise the Lord. Also, remember, we have a combined service on the 3rd of September. It's a Holy Ghost meeting, Holy Ghost stroke healing meeting. The designs are out. Um, I want to believe that you are using it to invite your family, your friends, your colleagues, and your neighbors. Also, we're going to be having a fasting and prayer the last um, week of this month to enter um, the, the program week. I think 31st, 1st, and 2nd. Praise the Lord. So let's begin to plan ourselves for that. Amen. Say with me, say my primary need, my primary need is the need for the word. Amen. Jesus said, man shall not live by bread alone. What is bread? Provisions. And bread has to do with every other thing you try to do to survive as a natural man. That's what bread is. But the Bible gives us what should be the priority of our focus. The priority of our focus is that we are living by God's word and nothing else. Every other thing you chase will pass. But one thing will never pass, and that's the word of God. The Bible says heaven and earth will pass away, but not one jot of my word will what? Will pass away. So when you wake up in the morning, what is the first thing that comes to your mind that you need? Some of us, when we wake up, the first thing we think, it's our job, it's our family, it's our business, and we have all kinds of lists in our mind. But, but if you don't understand that your primary need should be for the word. When you, the day you get a revelation of that, the day you understand that, it will change the way you live. And it will change how you live. Because the problem with many of us is that when our priorities are not right, our pursuit will not be right. Many think we're living for too many, well, a lot of things. Jesus warned us of covetousness. He said, there are those who think that life is about how much you can acquire. How many good jobs you can have, how many convenience you can have, and all kinds. And he said, let me warn you, beware of covetousness. Before he made that statement, there was a man who uh, had achieved so much, and one day he said, what am I going to do with all this success? I'll make extra room for that, you know, and I'll marry. My soul will become married. And God said, you're a fool. He said, you forgot that if I take the life away from you, Every other thing you're boasting and planning for will not matter anymore. Then he warned us. He said, beware of covetousness. What is covetousness? It's called greed. Greed is looking to men, looking to people, looking for things, to things for satisfaction instead of God. And that is the issue that many of us have. 
when we take our attention away from God and put it on things, the problem is that you will introduce an error in your heart and your hunger for God will be epileptic. And when that happens to you, you find it difficult to flow with him. That's why the series we're taking helps us to have a reset on who we are and how we are supposed to live. Say amen. amen. Say manifesting the greatness of God. We said there are two revelations of scriptures that will help us appreciate and understand the greatness of God. Number one, God is great. Can we say that louder? Can we say that louder? Look at your neighbor, say, God is great. And we've looked at some revelations of scriptures that helps us appreciate and understand who God is as a great God. Amen. And we also said that God is not only great, God does great things. If you read the book of um, uh, Job chapter 5, the Bible says God is great in his doings. And he doeth wonders past counting or past finding out. Praise the name of the Lord. God does wonders with that number. That's who he is. He's great not just by nature, he's great by character. And we need to understand that. Praise the Lord. Now, we've looked at the following revelations concerning the greatness of God with regards to his nature. Number one, we said God is great because he's ageless or what? Eternal. Say God is eternal. God is eternal. The word eternal means God is ageless. He's everlasting. He doesn't age. Why? Because he's, he didn't begin. The beginning began from him. Do you understand that? Beginning began from him. He didn't begin. For there to be a beginning, there has to be a creator of beginning. And he's the creator of the beginning. The Bible calls him the everlasting God is our refuge. Number two, we said the next revelation we need to understand about is that God is what? Exceeding. The word exceeding means God is more than enough. Say that with me. Say, my God is more than enough. Say, my God is more than enough. You need to remind yourself of these truths to help you appreciate the awesomeness or the greatness of who God is. God is more than enough. You can't stress him. You can't strain him. He's more than enough. Hallelujah. Is what? More than enough. Then number three, we said God is mighty. The word mighty means he's what? Powerful. Say with me, say, my God is powerful. Can you shout it like you believe it? One more time, say, my God is powerful. You need to remind yourself these truths. That's one of the things confession helps us. It creates the consciousness of his greatness on your inside. Amen. Then we said also God is what? Is high. Is the most high. Everybody said the most high. The word high means that God is Lord or God is supreme. Commanding is dominating. God is the most high. There is none as high as him. He's the highest of the high. Say amen. The Lord is what? The highest. The Bible said he created all things. By him, all things consist. They are and they are for him. So there was no beginning, there was nothing outside of God. But being the most high, 
He created everything there is. Hallelujah. And we looked at an additional revelation yes, last Sunday, and we said that God is what? Is love, or is loving and kind. Can we say that? Say God is loving and kind. Say that, say that. Say God is loving and kind. See, what you say is worship. Say God is loving and kind. Say God is loving and kind. Say, my God is loving and kind. And we see, we saw certain principles from scripture that helps us appreciate the loving kindness of God. Hallelujah. And while I was preparing, we're going to continue from where we stopped, the Spirit of God dropped an additional revelation on the greatness of God. We're going to look at that briefly, then we'll continue from where we stopped last Sunday. Please, I will advise and counsel you to pray and ask God to reveal himself to you through this message. Can we do that for the next 30 seconds? Open your mouth, lift up your hand, say, Lord, reveal yourself to me through this word. I want to have an encounter with you. I don't just want to listen. I want to encounter you. I want to experience you. I want a transformation in my life through the ministry of your word. I don't just want to listen. I want to hear you. I want to experience you. I need a touch from you through your word. In Jesus' name. Can you say a good amen? amen. All right. The next revelation that authenticates who God is as a great God, write this down, is that God is wisdom. God is what? Get out from your seat. Go to three people. Say, God is wise. Go to like three people. Say, God is wise. Go to like three people and say, God is wise. Hallelujah. Listen. Listen. I want you to hear this. One of the reasons we're teaching this is that when it comes to revelation knowledge of who God is, many Christians don't know God. Oh my God is good. But, but they really don't understand what goodness means. When we say God is great, I'm grateful and thankful to the Holy Spirit that is giving us utterance to help us appreciate who God is as a great God. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Another revelation of scripture that authenticates how great God is, is that he is wisdom. Say with me, say God is wisdom. Are you hearing what I'm saying? God is great because he's wise. God is great because he's what? God is wise. God is wise. Something when people look at what the devil is doing, they think God is foolish. Do you understand what I mean? They look at what is going on in their life. They look at what is going on in the world. They look at what is happening around them. They look at the challenges of people. They hear all kinds of bad news. They hear all kinds of funny, funny occurring. And, and something tells them, is God aware of what's going on? God, does God even care? Is God involved? Has he made provision? The answer to all your question is yes. But one of the greatest undoing of man was to ignore the wisdom of God. Do you know the reason why, why Eve yielded 
to deception, apart from the enemy, um, you know, deceiving her, was that for one moment she became easier to deceive because she stopped submitting to the wisdom of God. Did you hear what I said? Yeah. Whenever you stop submitting to God's wisdom, it becomes easy for Satan to fool you. Did you hear what I said? The moment you stop submitting to God's wisdom, it becomes what? It becomes easy for Satan to fool you. Every crisis is a product of foolishness. And foolishness is the absence of the operation of wisdom. A wise God created us. And you do not think that a wise God will create a fool. Do you understand that? Did you hear what I said? A wise God will never create a fool. We came from a wise God. The source and the supremacy of wisdom. So God cannot create anything fully. That's what the Bible said. The fool have said in his heart. You have to be foolish to say that. All right? Wisdom comes from him. Proverbs 2 verse 6. Quickly. Proverbs chapter 2. Wisdom comes from God is the source, the embodiment of wisdom. Wisdom comes from God. One of the revelation of his greatness is that God is wise. Wisdom comes from God. I'd like you to pay attention this morning. Proverbs 2 verse 6. For the Lord giveth wisdom. Everybody say wisdom. wisdom. Yeah. The word wisdom there. In the translation it says good sense. But I, I, I got the revelation of it. It's not good. It's called God's sense. Because God is good. So goodness comes from him. So wisdom is not just good sense. Wisdom is what? God's sense. Everybody say God's sense. God's say God's sense. God's sense. Yeah, yeah. He said, the Lord giveth wisdom. Out of his mouth cometh knowledge and understanding. Knowledge and understanding are offsprings of wisdom. Verse 7, he layeth up sound wisdom. The Hebrew word for the wisdom in verse 7, it's, it's an applicative word. It means the wisdom necessary for the righteous to reign, to dominate, comes from God. So he layeth sound wisdom for who? For the righteous. Everybody say for the righteous. He is a buckler to them that walk uprightly. You cannot walk uprightly without wisdom. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Write this down. Creation is a manifestation of his wisdom. The wisdom of God is the great architecture and archistry of God's intelligence in the way he sees, in the way he talks, in the way he plans, and in the way he acts. Creation is a manifestation of his wisdom. And you need some sense. The good God sense this morning in Jesus' name. Psalm 104, verse 24, and Proverbs 3, verse 19. Creation is a manifestation of God's wisdom. Psalm 104, verse 24. Oh, Lord, how manifold. The word manifold means multiplied, increased, are thy works. If you look at creation, so much God created. It has to take a genius to do that. Oh, Lord, how many-sided 
or plenty or increase are your works. And the Bible tells us why it was done that way. In what? In wisdom thou hast made them Oh, so creation is a product of what? His wisdom. In wisdom, God has made them all. What did he say next? The earth is full of thy riches. So that means riches also came from the wisdom of God. Do you understand that? Okay, Proverbs 3 verse 19. The Bible says, The Lord by wisdom had founded the earth by understanding he has established the heavens. The word atmospheric heavens and heaven itself, it's, it's the product of the framework of God's wisdom. God's wisdom is his architecture. He builds, creates, and designs by wisdom. All right? Somebody say amen. amen. All right. Write this down also. Redemption is a manifestation of his wisdom. The redemption of humanity is a manifestation. It, it will only take a genius who created man, foresaw that man will fall and made a plan ahead of time before man fell. Are, are you understanding what I'm saying? There's something I was meditating on yesterday and it hit me. You know, Paul said in Thessalonians that God tries our heart. The word try means God will test our heart. Do you know that God doesn't test our heart because he wants to know what we will do? No, no, no. Mm -mm -mm. God already knows what you will do. All the thoughts you will think before you think them, he knows. All the choices you will make before you make them, he already knows. So, his wisdom is so powerful that there is nothing about you that he doesn't know. All the possibilities of your thinking and choice and moves, he knows all of them. And he knows the consequences of all of them. But the reason God tests our heart is not to find out what we will do. The reason God tests our heart is to give us the opportunity to choose his way. Did you hear what I said? So that test you're going through is God giving you an opportunity to know and choose his way. That's his wisdom. That's redemption. Redemption means God ransoming, rescuing man from the fall. So, redemption is a manifestation of wisdom, of his wisdom. Go to 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verses 6 to verse 8. Lift your hands and say, God, thank you for your greatness. Say, Heavenly Father, thank you for your greatness. Sometimes we go through situations and we think God has run out of ideas. God, are you, are you there? Are you seeing what I'm going through? Do you see what's happening to me? you see what they are saying to me? Or what they are doing to me? And God looks at you and he smiles. There's a reason why he said in all things give thanks. Because he's a wise God. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Next time you find that instructions God gives to us in the new covenant. Remind yourself he's a wise God. Tell your neighbor, say God, not the carry talk. Did you hear what I said? God doesn't just talk anyhow. He's a wise God. And you need to know as his own child that you serve a God who is wise. God is not foolish. He's not stupid. His silence is wisdom. When he speaks, it is wisdom. When he seems not to do anything according to you, he's still wise. Hallelujah. 1 Corinthians 2 verse 6 
to verse 8. It says, Howbeit, we speak wisdom among them that are, much, are perfect, yet not, watch this, watch this, not the wisdom of this world. This world system has a wisdom. It's a product of human education and experience. Some of you know some things now because you went to school. There are some things you also know now because you've had life experiences. You've learned some things by, you learn by education, you also learn by experience. So you've, you've acquired certain knowledge and certain skill that has imbued you with some level of smartness. But there's nothing compares to the wisdom of God. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Do you understand that? Paul said there is a wisdom we speak by. The wisdom of God is administered through our declaration, through our speaking. Are you hearing me? Because when God wanted to communicate, create, produce, he spoke with his mouth. So the wisdom of God is engaged through the words. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Let's come and say, say, say we speak wisdom. Tell your neighbor, say speak wisdom. What does it mean to speak wisdom? It means to speak what God has said. Speaking what God has said is speaking the eternal wisdom of God. We speak wisdom among them that are perfect. Watch this. Hallelujah. We speak wisdom among them that are perfect, yet not the wisdom of this world. Yeah? Not the, of the princes. What are the princes? He's talking about rulers. These are the realm of the demonic. Satan has his wisdom. Read the book of Ezekiel. You know, Paul, um, sorry, God said when he was prophesying through the prophet, he said the wisdom in you was corrupted. So Satan is wise. God created him as, the, as a cherub that was wise. And for him to function and do what God created him to do, he imbued him with wisdom. Are you understanding me? So th there was wisdom he had. He had a level of wisdom. Anything God created was a creation of his wisdom. So there was a level of wisdom at work in the created thing itself. Are you hearing me? So, but, but when he fell, when he fell, the Bible said the wisdom in him was corrupted. So Satan has a corrupt wisdom. And that corrupt wisdom is deception. Are you understanding me? Deception is corrupt wisdom. Did you understand that? All right. So he said the wisdom we speak is not the wisdom of the world or the princes of the world, nor of the princes that, has, that comes to naught. That word naught means when you compare the wisdom of God and the wisdom of the demonic to God, it is nothing. It is what? Next time you are tempted to question God's word, remember the scripture. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Whatever reason or education or knowledge or understanding that you think you know or have that gives you the right to question God. Remember this. We do not speak wisdom that is a product of the wisdom of the world or of the princes that the Bible said that has come to word to not. The word not means nothing. Verse 7. But we speak what wisdom? The wisdom of God in a mystery, the word mystery is a very powerful word. Now, the best way to explain mystery, the word mystery actually comes from the word secret. When people belong to a group, a club, the way they communicate is a mystery to people who are not part of the club. Is that not true? There's a way they greet. There's a way they talk. So if two guys in the same club will come, there's a way they could exchange greetings with some signs 
and, and they will understand. Why? Because the way they interact is a mystery to outsiders. Now, Paul says, we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery. Why a mystery? Because the day you and I were born again, we were born into the wisdom of God. Say amen. Are you hearing what I'm saying? And every time you speak God's word, it's a mystery to the word system. It's a mystery to the demonic. Satan cannot understand the proper order of God's wisdom. So when you are declaring what God says, it will be foolish to your senses. It will be foolish to your experience. It will be foolish to what people think because what God says is supreme and above what man and Satan can conjure. Are you hearing what I'm saying? All right, praise the name of the Lord. He said, we speak the wisdom of God in the mystery, even the hidden wisdom of God, which God ordained before the word unto our glory. So our glory comes from operating the wisdom of God. Is that not so? Verse 8, which none of the princes of this world knew. For had they known, they would not have what, crucified the Lord of glory. So what is God saying? Redemption is a wisdom that even the world couldn't decode. At the height of their hatred, they were assisting the plan of God. That's how smart God is. When Satan and men thought they were done with Christ, they only realized that when they killed him, what did they do? They were assisting the plan of God. That thing the devil thought would kill you and take you out will promote you. You know why? Not because what the devil is doing is good but because the supremacy of wisdom has a way of making all things work together for my good. Are you hearing what I'm saying? That's who God is. When Satan tries to introduce a detour into your life, God takes that detour and turns it out into a miracle. Somebody say, God is wise. Write this thing down. Say, God's wisdom is supreme. The word supreme is no competition. In a class by itself. God's wisdom is what? Supreme. Now, it is not a function of human education and experience. It is not a function of demonic education and experience. Because some of the people who go and join the occult, they go and join the occult because they feel the occult can make them succeed. Is that not true? Is that not true? Yes, that's why they go. Recently, I read a very sad story. When you tell people to follow righteousness, it's wisdom. Righteousness is not, um, it's not God disturbing your life. It's God saving you. A, a, a lady finished uh, uh, a law school and was inducted. All right? I think this happened whether in Lagos or Ibadan. I can't remember the town, one of them. <clears throat> and her mother traveled all the way from Port Harcourt to attend the induction, and everything was done. Watch this. In the night of the day of the induction, she decided to go to a party. Everybody say party. On the day of your induction. Is that not stupid? Maybe she's been doing it. But you see, may we not do what will give us problem in Jesus' name. There you go and hang out in a party and the next day they saw a dead body. Her womb was cut off. You finish school. You're not tango, so you're there alive. You're not grateful, you're happy. He said, go and, go and party. Let's go and hit it hard. Unfortunately, something hit her. The mysteries of life are demystified under the wisdom of God. 
Did you hear what I said? What is mysterious to men is simplified in the wisdom of God. Did you hear what I said? Let me give you an example. There's a young guy, very intelligent, was a first-class guy. He used to be a believer, but as he got into school and started doing very well, he now felt God was not necessary because he felt he was very smart. He was a first-class guy. Then, boom, an illness hit him. And because they knew the guy was very brilliant, they took him to all the best hospitals there is to try to treat him because they said, this guy's brain is very good. All the brain, all the doctors, they could not help him. They could not what? They couldn't help him. Until the preacher came and told him, guy, life is spiritual. That's wisdom. Because everything possible to be done has been done. And nothing is, he said, go back to God. May you not get to a point where you have to learn through that kind of thing. You know, there's, there's a stubbornness that has some anointing of stupidity. That when they talk to you and advise you, you don't listen. Until it now puts your life in a terminal condition. That's why verses will come to your head. May you not get there. Because those who enter, not everybody come back from that road. Be wise now. What did I say? Be wise. Be wise. Don't be stupid. When they tell you, say, this thing you are doing, this is not good, though. stop it. It's not good, though. stop it. Say, leave me, leave me, leave me, leave me. I will do it, leave me. No problem. They will leave you because the thing you are looking for will come for you. You don't want to listen. You advise someone, you say, no, I'll do what I like. It's only a foolish person that doesn't listen to counsel. Are you listening to what I'm saying? All right. Hear me. God's wisdom has dominated the realms of men and the demonic. God's wisdom has what? Dominated the realms of men and the demonic. Let us look at it. Two scriptures. First King chapter 4, verse 29 to 34. We had a king called Solomon, the son of David. The man was wise to know his background. He was not the first son. He wasn't the first son. Also, his mother came into the family through questionable means. You remember the story of Uriah? Yeah. Came to the family through questionable me. And God in his wisdom and mercy, who knew what people would do? Remember when God sent Samuel to anoint a king from the house of Jesse? Is that not so? When he anointed the first one, the oil didn't flow. What did God say? He said, I have what? Refused him. He didn't say I rejected him. I did what? I refused him. That statement gives us wisdom as to how God chooses. Nobody is a write-off in the plan of God. You know why the Bible says many are called, few are chosen? Because only few are willing to choose wisely. Did you hear what I said? There is no useless man in the plan of God. There is no foolish person. There is no useless person in God's agenda. You only have people making useless decisions. So it wasn't that, oh, you know, I'm going to use Solomon. God had already scanned the heart of all the sons of Solomon. Absalom was a waste. He was a man that was not willing to wait. Somebody, number one, who couldn't control his temper. Your sister was raped. Bad enough. Terrible. Wicked. But you kept the bitterness in your heart. For how many years? 
two years and you didn't tell anybody anything and you now waited until you had plan Leo deceived the king are you with me deceived the king to allow the sons to come for a party meanwhile you had already planned to assassinate uh, Amon you don't plan it all day and you plan two years is that the person that will, re that will rule Israel is that the person that will rule Israel ah that one will destroy the nation so that one by virtue of his hard choices he has disqualified himself what is the next one again? Uh, what's his name? Uh, is it Adonijah? Adonijah, Papa Nova talk. He has already gone to blow trumpet that as the senior is the next. That, that's a foolish man. By doing that, he had already disqualified himself. You want me to start naming all of them? One after the other. You knew how the way Absalom ended. He took the throne from his father disgraced his father, ended in a miserable way. Fully choices. When men make choices that lack wisdom, they don't end well. He was the only person, and there's the reason why God chose Solomon. You know the reason why? You will see it when he became king. And God appeared to him and said, ask me anything you want. That will tell you why God chose him to be king over Israel. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Well, if God were to appear to some of you now, my son, Stephen, Ebenezer, ask me anything. Some of you say, God, all my enemies that has been disturbing me, may they not wake by tomorrow. You will think your problem is your enemy. No, your problem is not your enemy. Your problem is bad choices. Your enemies are just simply responding to the choices you are making. Did you hear what I said? Write this down. Your greatest threat is not your enemy. Your greatest threat is your ignorance. And ignorance is, is simply a product of lack of wisdom. Did you hear what I said? It is lack of wisdom to be ignorant when you have access to the knowledge of God's word. It's lack of wisdom to be ignorant. It's lack of wisdom not to spend time praying and reading God's word, hearing God's word. Because when you hear God's word, you are able to engage those wisdom. So we see all that. And, 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 and Solomon said something so powerful. So powerful. He said, Lord, I know that I am not worthy to be chosen to be here. If we were to go by natural firstborn stock, I'm not the qualified one. He said, but you have found it in your heart to choose me and to make me king over the nation of Israel. He said, there's only one thing and one thing that I want from you. Grant me wisdom and an understanding heart to rule your people. That's all I ask. Ah, the Bible said God was so pleased. He said, you didn't even ask me for the lives of your enemy. That's what generation... <laughs> majority of the people in the world we ask for. You know, when people hear all these bad things that are happening in the world now, if they say, how do you want God to solve the problem? Can I tell you one of the popular uh, ways to God solve the God should stop all the evil in this world, take out all the bad people, and the world will be solved. Is that true? No. The evil you are seeing in the world is a product of choices. 
Choices come from how people think, and how people think come from what they know. Are you hearing what I'm saying? It's like telling God to remove the consequences of people's choice. Then why did he create us and give us free will? The only thing God seeks to do is to educate the will of man. And that's why he gave us the word. So we can be wise. Wise in the choices we make. Yet people still make stupid decisions. Some of you made some this morning before you came to church. Whenever you choose to be offended, that's a foolish decision. Whenever you choose to walk in envy, foolish decision. Whenever you choose to walk in strife, foolish decision. Whenever you choose to be troublesome, foolish decision. Whenever you make choices that are anti-Christ and anti-Scripture, it is what? Foolish. So Solomon said, give me wisdom. And the God who is the God of wisdom said, whoa. <laughs> You've not asked me for the life of your enemy. You've not asked me for riches. You've not asked me for long life. You asked me for wisdom. Solomon, I have given as you have asked. I've given you wisdom and a large heart. Wisdom that will excel every other person. Because you wanted the thing that makes me God. That's what you want. Some of you will not. Lord, I need some of your need is your predominant reason. That's how stupid. You think. Because you don't know what comes first. Bible says wisdom is the principal thing. With all you're getting, get it. And also get understanding. Nobody will choose wisdom today. Because they feel that wisdom is not necessary. Everything has been reduced to Naira and Dollar and Pound Sterling, Dutch Mark. That's all. That's the mess we're creating today because of lack of wisdom. Do you know to not come to church is lack of wisdom? Do you know that? See, you went quiet. Do you know that? To not do what God says you should do is lack of wisdom. To not pray is lack of wisdom. To not read your Bible is lack of wisdom. Let's bring it home. To not thank God is lack of wisdom. So first Thessalonians, I mean first King chapter 4, verse 29. God's wisdom has already always dominated the realms of men and the demonic. Let's see that. Verse 29, and God gave Solomon what? Wisdom and understanding exceeding much. Hey, watch this. And largeness of heart, even as the sand that is on the seashore. God downloaded wisdom on him. Gave him wisdom. Now, let us see the effect of wisdom. Are you ready for this? Go to verse 30. And Solomon's wisdom excelled the wisdom of all the children of the east country and all the wisdom of who? Egypt. Continue, verse 31. For he was wiser than some men. He was wiser some men? All men. Watch this. Than Ethan. Ethan was one of the smartest guys. Israelite. The Israelite. And Herman, these were wise men of the days. Herman, Kakol, Dada, the son of Mahol. The, but Solomon's wisdom excelled above them. And his fame was in what? Was in all nations round about. Why was his fame? The word fame means his popularity, his influence, his notoriety was in all the nations of the earth. But do not forget, these realities were produced by what? 
wisdom. Go to the next verse. Watch. What did he say in the next verse? He said, And he spake 3,000 proverbs. So they just gave us a summary of the ones he wrote. And his songs were a thousand and five. I've never seen anybody that has written a thousand and five songs. There's none. But that, that just letting you know certain dimensions of God's wisdom when he starts walking. A thousand and five. Go to the next verse. Watch this. He said, and he speak of trees. If you have wisdom, you will find God's wisdom in almost, in almost everything. He spoke of trees from the cedar tree that is in Lebanon, even unto the hyssop that springeth out of the wall. He spake also of beast and fowl. What would be stupid and nonsense to you? God's wisdom will bring the beauty out of it. Watch this. And of creeping things and of fishes. Go to the next verse. And there came, now this is powerful. And there came of all people to hear the wisdom of Solomon from all kings of where? That means his wisdom had a global impact. Of all kings of the earth, which had heard of what is wisdom. Now, we go to the next verse. What did he say? Okay, that's the last verse. Sorry, 34. Now, that, that's, that's the dominion of God's wisdom in the realm of men. Let's look at the dominion of God's wisdom in the realm of the demonic. John chapter 1, verse 1 to verse 4. John chapter 1, verse 1 to verse 4. We look at the dominion of God's wisdom in the realms of men. John chapter 1, verses 1 to verse 4. The Bible says, in the beginning was the word. It didn't say the word began. It said in the beginning, not is the word. If it had said is, it would have meant that the word began when the beginning began. But it says in the beginning was the word, meaning that the word began the beginning. Do you understand that? Did you understand that? The beginning began from the word. That's why it says in the beginning was the word. Or the word began the beginning. There was no beginning outside of the word. It was the word that began the beginning. All right. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, separate entity, and the word, and the word was God. So the word is God, and God is the word. Is that clear? Very good. Go to verse 2. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by him. So that means he now tells us how the beginning began. All things were made by him. And without him was not anything made that was made. Verse 4, everybody. In him was life. And the life was the light of men. That word light means wisdom. The entrance of the word giveth light. And understanding to the simple. So light speaks of the wisdom of God. Are you with me? So the wisdom of God is actually the manifestation of his life. In him was a life. And that life was a... Go to verse 5. Verse 5 actually, that's where I wanted to stop. 
He says, and the light shineth where? In darkness. And the darkness. Now, I need you to understand this. That the darkness he's speaking seems to have intelligence. Is that not true? He's not speaking to a non-entity. He's speaking to a, a, an entity that has the capacity to comprehend. Is that not so? Are you hearing me? And that darkness is referring to is the demonics. The demonic is Satan, demons, and the operation of darkness. When the light of God's wisdom shone, the Bible said darkness could not comprehend it. That's how powerful your God wisdom is. Say amen. amen. Say good amen. amen. Alright, let me quickly show you two more scriptures on the supremacy of God's wisdom. Proverbs 4 and verse 7. Proverbs 4, 7 and Proverbs chapter 8 and verse 11. Proverbs 4 and verse 7 and Proverbs chapter 8 and verse 11. Are you there? Proverbs chapter 4 verse 7 and Proverbs 8, verse 11. Are we there? What does the Bible say? It said, wisdom is what? Wisdom is what? The principal thing, therefore, get wisdom, and with all your getting, get understanding. You can tell Christians that are wise by Christians that prioritizes the word of God. Because the word of God is all you need. But when your energy and your attention downplays God's word, you have time for everything but the word. You have time and interest to do your personal things but the word. You have time to do anything else but not time for the word. God can tell those who downplay God's word is downplaying the wisdom of God because God's word is also his wisdom. So rejecting the word of God is rejecting the wisdom of God. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Wisdom is what? The principality. Wisdom is more important than dollars. Go to Roman, uh, Proverbs 8 verse 11. Wisdom is more important. To be wise is better than dollar. To be wise is better than pound sterling. To be wise is better. Are you hearing what I'm saying? It's better than Dutch Mark. It's better than going to America. You can go to America and be foolish there. You can go to UK and be stupid. Some people think that when they've messed up here, they think, in order for me to sort out my life, let me leave Nigeria and go somewhere else. A mess in Nigeria is a mess in abroad. Did you hear what I said? A, a goat does not become an alligator when he leaves Nigeria. Do you understand that? A goat in Nigeria is also a goat where? In America. Did you hear what I said? Do you understand that? When you begin to think your problem is things and people, then you are stupid. Because when you still go there, you still meet people and things. Is that not so? Very good. You know, there is a problem, problem. Proverbs 8 verse 11. Are you there? Can we read it together? What does it say? For wisdom, For wisdom is better Read that statement again. Read it again. Everybody read it again. Hear yourself say it. Read it one more time. What is better? Wisdom is better. 
than rubies. Rubies are precious stones that are very costly. Women, you know how you treat your, your gold jewelries. Is that not so? Yeah, there, there's something about women and jewelries. I don't know what it is, and I don't want to know. And all the things that make ice. The very reason why you will not pursue God, wisdom is better than it. Wisdom is better than rubies and all the things that may be desired are not to be compared to it. That's the supremacy of God's wisdom and that's who God is. And that's one of the revelations of God's greatness. So say wisdom is better means God is better. Because God is wise. And yet we don't choose him. We don't. We think what we need is money. Connections. Make a blow. Make a hammer. You read stories of people who have bought new cars. They say, ah, where are they? Not the people they buy. Not the people now foreheads they get. Not the people they buy a house. Not the people they build a house. Not the people they do this one. See your problem? You lack wisdom. You lack wisdom. All things that may be desired are not to be compared to it. Somebody say amen. amen. Right, this down. Let me say one thing before I begin to round up. Accessing God's wisdom begins with reverence. Is what? Begins with what? Reverence. What is reverence? It's called fear. If you, and what is that fear? That fear that you don't know everything. You want to walk in wisdom, begins by reverence. Accessing God's wisdom begins with reverence. Those who think they know cannot fellowship with his wisdom. What did I say? Yeah. Once you think you know, you don't need his wisdom. So, accessing God's wisdom begins with reverence. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Psalm 111 verse 10. I read, the fear or the reverence of the Lord is, is the beginning of wisdom. The word fear means reverence, regard, respect, honor. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And a good understanding of all they that do his commandment, his praise, endure it forever. Write this down. Humility is what sustains our access to the flow of his wisdom. Reverence enables us, are you with me? Accessing God's wisdom begins with reverence. Why humility sustains that access to wisdom. The moment you become proud, God's wisdom will stop walking through you. Because pride simply means I am wise, I know what to do, and I can do it the way I want it. There's a way that cement right unto a man, but the end of it are what? The ways of death. Proverbs 11 verse 2. Can we read that? If you can quickly put that on the screen. Proverbs 11 and verse 2. What does the Bible say? When pride cometh, then cometh shame. Let me warn everyone hearing me. The destiny of pride is shame. What did I say? Say it one more time. 
when you are too high-minded, high-headed, and you're too puffed up to be advised, you're too puffed up to be spoken to, you, when, you, when, you, when you see it, is your, nobody can advise you, you only know what you want to do, your destiny is, is shame. Because the destiny of pride is shame. Then, but the Bible says, but with the lowly or the humble is what? It's wisdom. So our sustenance to the flow of God's wisdom is by humility. Humility. James 1.5 says, If any man lack wisdom, let him ask God that giveth to all men liberally and obedeth not, and it shall be given him. When you need wisdom, you go to the source of wisdom. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Somebody say amen. amen. All right. Let me just say one or two things before I round up this. Remember, we explained what the greatness of God is. Did we not? We said the greatness of God is a revelation of his word, his nature, and his acts. Is that not what I said? I hope you have read your notes. Now some of you just copy for the sake of copy. But make sure you're reading what you're writing. What did we say the greatness of God is? It's a revelation of what? Also, open your note, everybody. Look at your note, since you didn't read it. What did we say the greatness of God is? It's a revelation of what? It's nature and his acts. Nature refers to his character, who he is. Acts refers to what he does. Is that not so? Very good. Now, we also said that God's greatness is the manifestation of what? His name, his nature, and his act. Remember the first thing I said. The, the, revelation, the revelation of God's greatness is a revelation of his nature and his act. Therefore, the manifestation of that greatness is the manifestation of his nature and his acts. Is that not so? That's very clear. Then we now said that the manifestation of God's greatness, which is a manifestation of his nature and his act, is also the manifestation of his glory. Is that not what we said? Very good. Which means that the greatness of God is also the glory of God. Thus, another word for greatness is what? Is glory. Then we looked at Exodus 33, 34, I believe, where, 33, verse 18 to verse 25, where Moses said, show me your glory. And we said that God's glory is himself. God's glory is what? Is himself. So what, 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 what uh, uh, Moses was saying, Lord, show me you. To behold God is to behold his glory. Say amen. amen. Now, because of the old covenant, God told Moses that you can't see my face and leave. You can't. But I'll put my hand across your face and I'll pass. Then I'll allow you to see my back pass. Even a glimpse of his back part is enough power. Are you hearing what I'm saying? But praise God, under the new covenant, God's face is not hidden anymore. Are you hearing what I'm saying? God's face can be beheld. It can be seen. It can be experienced. Go to 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 18. The glory of God, which is the greatness of God, can be beheld, can be seen. Which was God's original intention in the first place? Greatness is glory. Greatness is glory. 2 Corinthians 3 verse 18. What does the Bible say? But we all, that means no exception. We all, say including me. 
Say that, say including me. I didn't hear everybody. Does he include you? Say me including. Or me inclusive, okay? All right, he says, but we all, with what? Open face. Beholding as in a glass or mirror the glory of the Lord are changed into the same image from glory to glory. So the image of God is his glory. And the glory of God is the image of God. And the image of God is the person of God. And the person of God is his glory. So God and his glory are one. Are you hearing what I'm saying? So the Bible says with open face. What does open face mean? It means that the only way we can behold the glory of God is when our face is not covered with any flesh or carnality. It takes revelation of the word. The word uh, glass there is the word mirror. And what is the mirror? The Hebrew, I mean the Greek word for mirror there is the word of God. Everybody say the word of God. The way God shows us his glory is through the word. Are you hearing what I'm saying? How does God show us his glory? Through the word. And it is only through the word we can have an open face. It is only through the word of God that all your biases. The reason, look, can I say this? Do you know that there are angels here right now? Do you know that the, we are inside the spirit realm? We are not outside. We are what? Why we look not at the things that are seen, but at the things that are not seen. We are where? We are inside the spirit realm. This physical realm was created from where? The spirit realm. Hebrew 11 verse, uh, verse 3. For through faith, we understand that the words were framed by what? By the word of God. So that the things which appear or that are physical, we are not made from the things that are seen, but from the things that are not seen, which is God's word. Are you still with me? So this physical realm, listen, oh, this physical realm that you are now operate with a body in is inside the spirit realm. So as you are here, the best way for you to at least get an idea of it is, um, how many of you are used to all those radio that they used to get uh, Voice of America? How many of you are used to it? Those old radio that your father and your uncle, you just be tuning every morning. You may, wee, 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 and, uh, you tune to peak. Now, you will notice that at, at the frequency of, um, of Voice of America, they have to travel on medium waves. Medium waves are high frequencies that can travel very fast, very far. So they are broadcasting maybe somewhere in America or somewhere in South Africa, and you are here in Rumodara. As we are sitting now, do you know there are radio waves from different parts of the world that are passing us? You know that? The reason you don't know they are there is because you don't have the equipment to pick it. If you have a radio transmitter or receiver rather that can pick it, all you need to do is tune the frequency to the particular frequency band. And what will happen? You will pick it. So that means space is not empty. Space is not what? It's not empty. It's only empty to you because you are limited to what your eyes can see. But the fact that you don't see things doesn't mean they don't exist. 
which reveals the hypocrisy of science. Say so you can only believe what you see. How many of you have seen air? You don't see air, you know a color. Or let me call it, say breeze. Have you seen breeze before? Let me ask you, does breeze exist? Answer me now. Does it exist? But you said if you don't see it, you don't believe it. Is that not so? So how come you can believe there's a breeze that you do not see, huh? and you don't believe in God that you don't, you don't see? So the natural realm is an offspring of the spirit realm. So the spirit realm is more real than the natural realm. What God gave to us to help us bring the benefit of the, pay attention please, bring the benefit of the spirit realm to the natural realm is through a bridge called faith. Everybody say faith. And God placed that faith in your human spirit. And that faith fellowships with your mind and your body to transmit the benefit of the spirit realm into your natural realm. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Listen, man is a spirit being. I've told you that. And the word of God says that. Which, and as a spirit being, man is also to be participating in spiritual realities. Because the natural life is created and controlled from the spirit realm. Did you hear what I said? Are you paying attention? God's glory is a spiritual reality. Angels are product of his glory. So, the fact that you are not seeing angel, it's not because God doesn't want you to see it. It's because you have a clothing of the flesh in your perception. So, as you behold the word of God, the word of God takes away the distractions of the natural realm. So you can behold God's glory with purity and power. That's why it says, as we behold in a mirror. What is this mirror? The glory of God. What is this glory of God? The person of God. What is this person of God? The greatness of God. As we behold the glory through the mirror of the word, what happens to us? We are changed into the same image of glory from glory to glory. So it is the level of glory you've been able to see from God's word that will manifest in your life. What did I say? It is the level of God's glory you have seen from the word of God that will manifest in your life. What you don't see in the word can't show up in your life. Did you hear what I said? The greatness of God is the glory of God. And the degree to which you will manifest greatness is a function of what you have seen in greatness. Are you hearing me? Are you hearing what I'm saying? Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Are you still here? Beholding God's glory is beholding his greatness. What did I say? Beholding God's glory is beholding his greatness. Beholding God's glory is what? It's beholding His greatness. Say that one more time. We are going to go, I'm not doing that, I'll start in the second service. We're going to go into the genesis of God's greatness. How it was initially given to man. How man lost that greatness and how that greatness was restored. Are you hearing me? Because 
this is your legacy. Write this down. Your destiny is greatness. Write it down. Say, my origin is greatness. My destiny is greatness. And write what I'm about to say. May you not have a corrupt version of greatness. Because the word has its own definition of greatness. And there are many Christians today in church. What they are looking for is the word's definition and experience of greatness. They want to become like Bill Gates. That's why they always quote Bill Gates. Or it's not Bill Gates now. What's the guy? What's, is it something Musk? Elon Musk, thank you. So you see, the person they always quote is Elon Musk. But can I tell you, Elon Musk's greatness cannot be compared to the greatness that God gives. Some of us are looking for the greatness of men. And we think it's the greatness of God. In the second service, we're going to demystify that. And, and be sure that what greatness you are expecting, what you are seeing, because some of you are looking at the wrong mirror. I will show you the mirror of God's word so you can see the true revelation of God's greatness. Because write this down. That great, your, God's greatness is your origin and God's greatness is your destiny. What did I say? God's greatness is your origin and God's greatness is your destiny. Because there are many brothers and sisters in church, they are not looking for the greatness of God. They are looking for a man-based version of greatness. That's what you're looking for. How do I know that? When certain aspects of life come, you will just tell that many Christians are more carnal than spiritual. They're looking for the world to recognize them. They're looking for the world to promote them. And the corruption of human greatness is a deception from Satan to attack the original greatness you were destined for. So we need to let God's word give us clarity as to what God's greatness is and how we are to manifest it in the earth. For you to manifest God's greatness, you must know what it is. Otherwise, you're not manifesting it. You can't manifest what you do not know. Are you hearing what I'm saying? If you don't understand it, you are showing something else. Many will be shocked the day after they die and they stand before Christ. And God will tell them, you didn't live the life that I created you to live. You were busy trying to be your tribesman. You were busy trying to be your, your community man. Than being what I sent you here. You are not in a particular tribe. To mirror the tribe. You are in that tribe to mirror the one who sent you. Rise up on your feet. Hallelujah. Amen. Open your mouth and begin to talk to God. Father, we give you worship. Thank him for what you've heard. You cannot afford to be corrupt in your understanding and in your operation. When you believe a lie, a lie speaks in your life. That's why you need to know what greatness is. Father, thank you for the word you've given to us. We ask in the name of Jesus that this word would take root in our heart, will debug, will renew our mind from every corruption of greatness from the world's perspective and experience into 